Welcome to another edition of Politics Done Right. Today, we are as part of our People Making a Difference series. We're here with Arturo Jacobo. There may be a little bit of nepotism <laughs> here because Arturo es también mi cuñado. Arturo is my brother-in-law. He's married to my sister, but he wrote a book. We talk about freeways. We talk about a lot of these things, and we never know how things come to pass. Well, he was in charge of a major project in the San Diego County, and he wrote a book titled Humanizing the Highway. And I can't show it very well because of the blur, but it will be uh, put in there just well. Anyway, Arturo Jacobo, how are you doing today, my brother? Alberto, a pleasure uh, you know, talking to you. Doing well. Thank you so much. And thank you for inviting me to your uh, program. It's, it's, uh, I'm excited. Uh, it's, it's what I've done, you know, highway design for over 30 years. Almost thirty-five, so I'm happy to be. I'm happy to see you, and I'm happy to discuss a little bit about my book. Yeah, well, let me let me say. I mean, you say it's about your book, but your book tells a story. Your book tells a yes. story of the incept of uh, coming to fruition, a highway system coming coming to fruition. Tell me, how do you start building a highway? I mean, or or, or modifying a highway, changing things around? Ah, that's a great question, Berto. You know. Um, so, you know, first of all, my book is intended not just for engineers. My book is intended for planners, for engineers, for environmentalists, and for the public in general. And so, um, generally speaking, you know, um, organizations have, um, transportation organizations have general plans to look into the future, right? And in those plans, they always have the proposed improvements for the region. And whether that's rail, whether that's highway, whatever it may be. In my case, um, as you mentioned, I worked on a very controversial project in the San Diego region. And so I dedicated well over um, 20 years on, on this project. So when we completed it, I wanted to document how did we came about of, of having a controversial freeway-only project to eventually be championed by the elected officials, by the community, by the environmental resource agencies. And so the, doc, the book, is, it really has two main purposes. The first one is to document or to uh, describe the process and the strategy by which this project came to be championed by, by you know, all these people. And the second part is to show the urban design elements and the um, ideas that came out of working with the elected officials and the resource agencies in that community so that is the main purpose of the book. Um, and so just to give you an idea, right, as I mentioned, the, the, the project initially was only a highway project. It was extremely controversial. It Why was, was it controversial? It the project. So and it was controversial because it went through six different cities, six uh, coastal cities in San Diego County, uh, cities that for the most part are very affluent. Uh, people are very involved. In the communities, politically speaking, you know, they attend all their meetings. We also went through a couple of communities that were low income. In addition to that, the project crosses six environmentally sensitive lagoons. These are lagoons that back in the 1960s, you know, the California Department of Transportation, they did the alignment, they cut the hill on both sides of the lagoons, and they dumped the dirt in the middle of the lagoon. Oh. So they were choking the lagoons over the past 50 years. So the project was not popular at all at the beginning. So what we did, you know, um, it was obvious to us that improvements are needed. You know, I am of the belief that in order to solve the congestion problems, it's not just highway that is going to resolve the congestion that we have. 
You're going to need multiple elements. So the strategy that we did was the following. Um, it really involved four uh, major documents. But the main one is something that um, we call it the Public Works Plan Resource Transportation Enhancement Program. What that is, is simply a long-range development plan. It's a plan that a lot of universities use, a lot of cities use it, and it's really to plan ahead for the future. You know, you don't always have the money to do it all at once, but it is to say, you know, over the next 10 years, 20, 30, 40 years, this is what we are going to do. In our case, what we did was to do this um, public works plan, which is really a, a, a plan that involves a well-balanced approach of solutions. And so the idea was don't just do a highway project, do a multimodal project. So what we did, we're doing highway improvements in terms of carpool lanes. We're doing rail improvements in San Diego. The, um, the rail line that goes along the coast, for the most part, was single track. That meant that cargo trains, uh, Amtrak, and the local uh, commuter train that we known as a coaster, they had a lot of limitations. You couldn't increase the frequency. You know, many times when you're taking the coaster or the Amtrak, you have to wait at the station until the cargo train passes or the other train passes, then you can go. So the idea was, the idea was well, let's finish the double tracking of the corridor from downtown San Diego all the way to the Orange County line, which is at the north of north of San Diego line, uh, county line. And then the third approach was, let's also do community improvements. Let's do a complete bicycle lane for the entire 27 mile, uh, mile long of the project. And the fourth component was an environmental component. You know, let's, we, we proposed, let's do a complete mitigation package for all these improvements. Now, the entire package is over $6 billion. The region does not have $6 billion. They will over the next 40 years. So we propose improvements to be done in a 10-year increments. And so some highway, some rail, some bicycle improvements, some community improvements. But here was the key. The mitigation for all of that is taking place within the first 10 years. And that mitigation included over 250 acres of new wetlands that were created across the six lagoons. It included the restoration of the San Alejo Lagoon, which is a, uh, a lagoon that is approximately almost a thousand acres. Wow. So, you know, it's multiple improvements that everyone liked. Um, and for the lagoons in this case, and that is in addition to the mitigation and the creation of the wetlands, was doing, you know, cleaning all the water. All the water that, you know, was currently, was coming from the freeway into the lagoons, into the different streams that fed into the lagoons, which eventually ended up in the ocean, you know, all that water is being treated so that it's clean by the time it gets to the lagoon. How did you and do so, how did you how did you clean water coming from a freeway into a lagoon before it gets to the ocean? You know, there's different elements, but really the key component is doing something that the, the, the easiest thing is to have bioswells. And bioswells is basically, you know, on the side of the freeway, you do like a channel that is lined with natural vegetation, like with uh, grass. And then that is, you know, all the sediments are contained. You also put traps that you can clean. And so by the time the water gets to the other end, and depending on the amount of water, you know, it may be 100 feet, 200 feet, a lot longer. By the time the water gets discharged into the lagoon, then it's clean water. So you can do it through natural vegetations. There's also some mechanical elements that you can put in. So all this gained us the goodwill of the resource agencies. In addition to that, like I mentioned at the beginning, um, 
the um, the lagoons, for the most part, are about a mile long. The freeway through the lagoons is about half a mile, half a mile long or so. It's different for each of the six lagoons. Well, in the 1960s, like I mentioned, all the soil was dumped into the middle of the, the lagoon, and the bridge was only the existing bridges range from 200 to maybe 400 feet. So one of the issues um, that the research agencies brought up is, well, you know, you have to remove um, the, the entire field, the entire um, highway over the lagoon should be a bridge, an open bridge. That would have killed the project financially because, I mean, right. each of those bridges would have easily been $200 million a piece. So what we did, we hired some um, very um, uh, intelligent people from the Scripps Institute of Oceanography. They modeled the lagoon. Uh, each of the six lagoons, and they said, you know, um, what would it take to restore the tidal flush on both sides of the freeway? And I, I neglected to mention that the freeway is located anywhere from a mile to a half mile from the ocean. Right. So when the waves come in, they, you know, they they were hitting the freeway, but they were getting muted because they couldn't cross the uh, the, the freeway the, on the other right. side of the lagoon. Right. So what what these experts did? They model all the hydro hydrology. Uh, or the tidal waves of the lagoon, you know, there's something they call the king tide. So they assumed the worst case scenarios and they said, well, instead of having to remove the entire fill from the lagoons, you only have to double, in some cases, triple the existing length of the of the lagoon so that the uh, water can go to the other side of the freeway and flush the lagoon in and out. And through, by doing that, they create life on both sides of the lagoon. Right. So things like that that we did. Now, when we're doing that, then we said, well, um, the lagoons, you know, they're natural lagoons. People like to go there, hike, walk with their families and so on. Well, a lot of the trails, they couldn't cross east, west, or north, south because the freeway is right there, right? right. But since we had to go and work in each of those of the lagoons, we said, well, um, how, what can we give back to the community? So we went and um, made each of those. We, are, we made one bridge, two bridges long already. But basically, since every bridge has to get replaced, we're going to make those bridges longer and put in trails so that people can go east, west, north, south of the lagoons, completing a complete loop. Um, what we did to, 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 you know, to arrive at this decision, we looked at each, uh, each of the cities. Every city has a long-range community plan. Sometimes they call it um, development plans. They, it has different names, but all those plans, it's, it's the vision of each city for the future, how are they going to grow? It has a circulation element slash mobility element. It has some parks and recreations element. So we looked at them, it has a trail element, and that's where we noticed, hey, the freeway is the impediment for right. a lot of these trails and bicycle lanes that the people, that the cities want to connect. I mean, there are trails and bicycle lanes that came from East Canyon, San Diego. They came you know, through the county, through each of the local cities to get to the freeway. You can get across. Right. They have to go into the real normal street. So it just made sense for us to do that. The people love that. So as I mentioned, that 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 was a strategy to do a multimodal approach: highway, rail, environmental improvements, and community improvements. Now you said that this took you uh, because this was your project, a six billion dollar project, and you've been working on this project for over twenty years, and. And in, in the process, what you did is you create relationships. You created relationships between uh, not text, not California, dot whatever is it that you call yeah. it, the California Department of Transportation, 
yeah. along with not only the political people, but the civic organizations in the cities. And that's why you call it humanizing the highway, a case exactly. study. Because again, and folks, that that that's important thing. When we see freeways being built, we don't know what's behind the scenes. Sometimes we wonder why it's taken 10, 15 years. In your case, you said there's no way you're going to come up with $6 billion in five years, but over 20, right. 30 years, you're going to be able to go ahead and do that. Now, the pro first of all, the project is complete, correct? Or nearly complete? It, it's on the, the first phase, on, it's on the construction. All the mitigation has taken place. The first phase of the project, which is a billion dollars on the highway and about a billion dollars on the railroad, it's, it's, it's complete. And it will continue well beyond uh, my, my professional career. Yeah, and... But, and, and now, now, now that that it is done and that you've seen, do you feel? Do you see other communities working in this form, or other uh, other projects taking the approach that you took in making sure you had complete involvement of both the politicians and the community? Yes. So that's what's happening. That is a very the, the key. I think this project would have never been as successful without bringing the elected officials, the resource agencies, and the community together. Because what we did, um, you know, before during the design phase, we actually went to each of the cities and we asked cities, um, you know, can we work with your um, uh, city planner, city engineer uh, to brainstorm ideas? And then can we get a, a few people of your community involved to create ideas in terms of, you know, what else can we do? We have a highway project, we have a rail project, but what else are you missing? And we came up with all these ideas that we already had, all these missing trails, missing connections. And what we did further, we really tried to get the character of the community into the design of the freeway. And this is what I mean by that. For example, in the city of Washington, a city at the north end of, uh, of San Diego, that city was already established when the freeway was built in the 1960s. When we looked at the city hall and we, when we looked at other public buildings, they were all designed by an architect at the turn of the last century by the name of Irving Gill. And so what we did, we took that design from the city hall, from the public buildings, and we tried to reflect that into the design of the bridges, into the right. design of the retaining walls, into the design of the sound walls. So the freeway itself, the structures, represents the community character in it. At the south end of the corridor, where we go through a lot of... Um, areas that were more rural or areas that have been developed after the freeway was built, there's a lot of uh, geological formations that are called sandstone formations. Well, in this case, all the walls have an earth tone color. Uh, color. They have pilasters and they're natural and kind of rough looking to uh, try to resemble some of the natural formations. So the people really like that. And so what we did is, you know, we incorporate all this, we put all this into the what we call the design guidelines. And these design guidelines are going to guide the design of the book, uh, of the freeway, sorry, and of the rail corridor, and of the bike lane for the future, for the next, you know, 20, 30 years. Um, in addition to that, all that is in the actual environmental document. So all the permits that we have to get, because we have to get a permit from everybody, from Fish and Wildlife, from, you know, the Waterboard, from the California Coastal Commission in, in California. So future generations of engineer, planners, and environmentalists, they will have to abide by what we uh, all, all, all the information that we have in the design guidelines, which was developed in working with the communities. That's not to say that they don't have to go back to the communities. Every project that goes to construction, we have to go back, or in this case, they have to go back now and 
you know, brief city council and work with the communities to let them know this is coming up and we are being consistent with what was developed in the past. The idea is that when we are all complete, that it's, so, that it's all seamless, it all works well. You know, you have your rail line, you have your highway, you have your bike lane, you have your uh, mitigation package and the community enhancements, but it's, it's all tied together. And so that's why the community liked it because um, they were able to see, first of all, that we took the effort in researching their own community to see what's important for them. Then we asked city council, let us work with your community, which we had members working with them. Now that can be a little bit controversial because some of the ideas were very wild. I mean, there's always a lot more ideas than what there's funding for. So funding is limited. And sometimes you have to work with people and make them understand, look, and this is kind of a wild example. You don't want your city to have purple retaining walls and the next city to have pink retaining walls. It has to all match together. Also, you know, there were some good ideas. Some cities wanted, for example, cover the entire freeway and put a, 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 a uh, park on top of it. It's been done. In fact, it's been done in San Diego. It's been done yeah. in other cities. Yeah. It's a great idea, except that Expensive. financially, it's not feasible, you know. So instead of what we did, because the project did require some right away impacts of people to be relocated. But in most cases, you know, um, you don't need the entire property. You just need a section of the property. So what we did, um, especially at intersections, um, once we got the property that we needed, we said, well, instead of selling half of the property, basically selling a house with no backyard, why don't we just go ahead and demolish the house and create a small park or an open space area for your community? It, it just it just makes sense. So you just have to listen to people, the community, to see what's important for them. In a lot of cases, also in researching the community plans, you will see that you will have a job center or a school on one side of the freeway and all the houses were on the other side. Well, people have to cross the freeway. And, you know, the first line in, in, in my book is freeways are not popular. And we understand why, especially for pedestrians and for bicycles. It's a loud environment. It's busy, you know, it's not always considered safe. But since you have to cross it and you have all this um, movement of pedestrians, well, since you have to reconstruct the bridge, make okay. the sidewalk wider. Don't make it just four feet. The standard is four feet in California. I'm sure it's four feet in other parts of the country. But if you have a school on one side, make it eight feet, make it 12 feet, which we did in some cases, you know. Put a barrier between the street and the sidewalk. And while you add it, put enhanced landscaping. Now, the Department of Transportation has standard landscaping that we would have been, that, that, that the state maintains. But we asked the local city, hey, at these intersections, do you want us to do enhanced landscaping? As long as you maintain it, we can put it in. Put in lights so that it's not dark going under the bridge. You know, put in uh, community art, so which we did with a couple of the cities. Working with 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 the arts commission, the arts commission in each of the cities, there's a few intersections, three so far, where they wanted to put community art on the retaining walls under the freeway. It just makes sense, and you know that's when you go under the freeway. If you go over the freeway, most places you see those pedestrian bridges. You have this ugly chain link fence. Well, don't do that. Put in other kind of fence. You know, make it so that the uh, the barrier matches the color of the bridge, it matches the color of the retaining walls. And instead of a chain link fence, put some other kind of, you know, cartoon steel, which we're using in, a, in some cases. It's more aesthetically pleasant. And again, 
it's it's just working with the community and seeing you know what's best for them. And surprisingly, it's not that much more money once you have to build it. You know, um, I, I do a, we we do a lot of talk here about uh, yes uh, relationships with government, etc. And and uh, the Department of Transportation is an important part of our government. And having uh, engineers like yourself and others really get the work done proves what we all know, and that yeah. is, uh, first of all, good government works, and uh, you prove that. And with this book that you wrote, humanizing. The Highway, a case study by Arturo J. G. Jacobo, professional engineer. I want to thank you so kindly, first of all, for writing the book. And just tell us, first of all, where can people get your book? Ah, thank you, Brito. The uh, so the book you can um, it's um, being sold through Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can go there and um, Google it by the name of the book, Humanizing the Highway, or you can Google by my last name, Jacobo J. A. C. O. B. O. And so you will find it there. Also, all of the profits, it's a nonprofit book. All of the profits generated from the book are being donated 100% to the California Transportation Fund for scholarships for the children of those of those unfortunate children who have lost their mom or dad uh, while while in service to the state. So um, that's, that's, that's where the money will be going to. Arturo Jacobo. This book is Humanizing the Highway, a case study. Thank you so kindly for having appeared on uh, uh, People Making a Difference on Politics Done Right. Thank you so much. Community involvement works. Thank you, Brito. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.